0: If you like listening to my conversations with interesting people, you'll love listening to them or watching them on Nebula, the creator-owned streaming service where you can get access to these interviews early and ad-free, as well as bonus episodes from my YouTube channel, and exclusive series you can't find anywhere else. Sign up for Nebula by clicking the link in the description or go to nebula.tv slash joe to support the podcast and help promote content that matters. Hey everybody, and welcome to the Answers with Joe podcast, where today I'm sharing an interview that I conducted with Tim Dodd from the Everyday Astronaut uh, YouTube channel. If you're not familiar with his channel, he talks about a lot of uh, rocket stuff, space stuff. He talks a lot about uh, NASA and SpaceX and that kind of thing. And uh, he's been growing like crazy. He One of his little brand things is that he wears... Uh, uh, flight suit that he bought years ago, um, His the way his channel first started, or the way his career started, he was actually a photographer, and he took pictures of himself on Instagram in this suit, and he called it the Everyday Astronaut Series, and it became super popular, got all kinds of press, and he was able to turn that into speaking engagements, and now this YouTube channel, and he's doing a really great job. So um, if you saw my Falcon Heavy video that is coming out probably the same day that this is coming out, um, he, I used a couple of clips from this in that because he provided some uh, some interesting perspectives that I wanted to share. But this is the rest of what we talked about. And we, we talked for a while. It goes on for almost an hour. And um, we cover all kinds of things. I will say we get a little bit into politics. So if you're super sensitive to that kind of thing, it doesn't get deep into it or anything. But uh, we talk about flat earthers and we talk about the, the, the SpaceX haters and we talk about um uh, the culture of ignorance that we seem to be fighting against and doing what we do because we both kind of do the same thing but really enjoy talking to him and um you know we talk a lot about the falcon heavy that was kind of the uh, focus of the whole thing because that's what the video is about but he goes into a lot of stuff when it comes to spacex and and what they have going on so anyway i'll stop rambling i'll let you get right into it this is my interview with tim dodd enjoy not so enough. let me let me start by asking about the suit because I think I read somewhere I saw in one of your videos you you talked about it a little bit but that that's a Russian flight suit or something right?
1: Yep, it's a Russian high altitude flight suit, most likely from like a, a Mig, um, but it's right. very similar to like the first four space shuttle sh- suits. They actually just wore U2 and SR71 suits, and they're they look the part, so it's good enough for me. Yeah,
0: that's cool. And the and the binoculars, the Fisher Price binoculars.
1: Oh, well, these are obviously standard issue, I, I believe, uh, in the core. <laughs> but these, are,
0: uh,
1: these are actually from my childhood. It's, uh, you know, like, like how I represent trying to keep that curiosity and wanting to explore. You know, just kind of like a little homage to, to never losing your curiosity about the cosmos.
0: Yeah, that's cool. So yeah. you, you actually talk to schools and stuff, don't you?
1: Yep, I do public speaking as well. Is that kind of yep. how you got started? No, actually, I I just literally twenty seventeen was my first year of actually doing anything with my voice. Basically, In the past three years, everyday Aspart existed as an art project on Instagram, and like that's how it all existed pretty much. And I slowly became more and more and more obsessed with like the the educational aspect of it and the actual like mechanics and the actual hardware. And yeah, and then I was just like, I just want to start teaching people about this instead of like, at first I wanted to like inspire, but then I was like, but the cool parts are the actual like nerdy parts. So let's teach people the nerdy parts, you know?
0: But clearly you're already into that.
1: About four or five years ago, I kind of took an energy ramp from about average consumer of space to like super freak, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So it's all really mostly been within the past... Like four years ago, I I couldn't have told you what an SRB was, and huh. here I am now, as nerdy as you get, I guess. So it it can happen quickly, so you know.
0: That's actually interesting because it seems like most people like well, I'll use myself for an example. Like I had a space shuttle poster on my wall when I was a kid, and I wanted to be an astronaut. And you know, the, the, I don't know how old you are, but the movie Space Camp like was a dream come true to me. Like it was like my fantasy to go to Space Camp. You know. And, and I eventually yep. kind of grew out of that. Um, basically, I learned that you had to be really good at math. And I was like, well, I'm screwed. And, uh, and I moved on to humor and writing and filmmaking and that kind of thing. And, uh, yeah. and then when, um, anyway, so uh, I kind of had that basis there. And that wasn't the impetus for starting this channel. It was supposed to be a comedy channel where I was just going to like take questions and give funny answers. And then a couple of science-based questions did really well. And a lot of people started asking questions in that direction. So I became, it became a science, you know, but, but I was kind of like, okay, I'm fine with that because I always had that sort of nerdy side to myself, you know, Um, but I don't consider myself an expert in any of these topics, but you actually seem like an expert. And so to hear that that all kind of just switched on a few years ago is kind of shocking to me
1: man when i get into something i go hard i like <laughs> I am hit the ground running type of person you know i self-taught mechanic self-taught musician self you know like any of those things that you just get your hands on it. self-taught photographer you know it's i don't know once once you get started i'm sure you're a similar way once you develop something you just kind of obsess over it and kind of lose sleep over it and then you wake up and you have to keep working on it and i don't know that's just the way i am <laughs>
0: I do, but they, with me anyway, I go through these like really quick phases where I'll be like really into something for maybe a few months and then it passes and then I kind
1: of yeah. like well,
0: go back to Well, that's actually how
1: most things are, but space definitely, well, so I was the same as you, space shuttle posters and stuff, totally fell out of love with it by like, you know, middle school and stuff. Um, and it didn't reoccur to me until like 2011, it was like the first thought I even had about space as an adult, really. <laughs>
0: yeah. And there wasn't anything specific that set that off?
1: It was actually. I watched the live stream of the last space shuttle, actually, and literally, like as it took off, I was like, "Oh shit!" Now what? <laughs> and like literally that like emptiness, that little that little pocket. I just go, "Oh," like, I had all those visions of like space shuttle Legos and bed sheets, you know, all the stuff that like I grew up with, and mm-hmm. then I just that like right there kind of led me down. Like I'm like later, you know, probably a month later, like watch a documentary, you know, and then I'm like, "Yeah, that's cool," and it just kept snowballing snowballing, you know? Mm-hmm. Interesting. So I'd say 2011, yeah. But I, then really-
0: still, I, I know what you're talking about with like after the space shuttle was grounded, it's kind of like, wow, there was such an emptiness there. It was such a void, yeah. you know? Yeah, and I think we still kind of feel that because there's, there's still not yeah. really a manned U.S. Mm-hmm. space program right now. Not really.
1: No, not until it was supposed to be this year. It's looking at any more like probably 2019 now.
0: The just Orion?
1: No, with uh, SpaceX and uh, Boeing. Oh, okay. Both their programs. These are uh, the Commercial Crew Program. So it's hired by NASA um, to send people to the International Space Station. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be probably most likely, like, it was supposed to be twenty like sixteen originally. So it just mm-hmm. keeps slipping. But they're trying. <laughs> it's in the works. I mean, it's like literally in the works and it will happen. Um, it's not anything that can be canceled at this point. Like it's all paid for and everything, so yeah. that's good. And the rockets say- exist: the Falcon Nine rocket, and it's the um, ULA's Atlas V, which is like
0: yeah. one of the
1: yeah. most common rockets in the world. And they just had to develop, you know, capsules, and those are done. So, yeah.
0: yeah. So, what was the Boeing one?
1: Boeing's the CST One Hundred Starliner. It's just like oh. a pretty standard. It looks a lot like Orion, actually.
0: Oh, Okay.
1: Um, it's just not as popular yet because it hasn't done anything. Like they've yeah. dropped it from an airplane and like put it in the water. <laughs> That's about <laughs> it.
0: Floats. It. Yeah, we Yay. yeah, we did it.
1: <laughs> so, you
0: know, Go home, guys.
1: Hasn't, doesn't hasn't done quite, you know. SpaceX is such a like grandiose and yeah. very flashy, showy company. Um, and with the power of Elon Musk, anything's possible. So, yeah. but Boeing's just like they're behind, you know, and or like not behind, but they just aren't nearly as flashy or you just mm-hmm. don't hardly see anything about it. But it's there. They're both going to run in parallel. They both have contracts for, I think, six flights with NASA to the International Space Station. Space Station. So that's pretty cool.
0: Cool. No, I hadn't heard about that one. Um, yeah. That actually might be a good topic for videos, looking at those. Um, Absolutely. So, how excited are you for this Saturday? Are they still on for Saturday?
1: So, well, Saturday is the static fire, which would be right. just the testing of the vehicle. Yep. And, man, if that thing goes off on if it if it if they ignite 20s actually it probably won't be saturday just so you know uh it's probably gonna be sunday because they have a, a launch now that got pushed from friday to saturday and most likely the two you know it'll have to push back the static fire the falcon heavy by a day but oh, okay. man when they light up those 27 merlin engines for the first time uh oh, and if as long as nothing blows up i'm going to be already super stoked
0: <laughs> so i'm, I'm assuming it's they will be not be firing it at full blast probably like yeah,
1: you do um, really? Darn close. Like, yeah, they do uh, these. So, they do a full duration static fire, um, which is a, a longer one out in McGregor with all three cores that have been fired individually, but they've never put them all together. And I think the flight, I think they're going to be launching at like 93% throttle or something. So, lower than full capability. Um, and that's probably what they'll test out on the stand. I actually don't know, but it's, I mean, it's, it's pretty much full bore, you know, and they just hold hmm. it
0: down. <laughs> Make sure and just try, you know tighten that belt a little bit and keep it from yeah. flying off.
1: That's I wouldn't have thought game.
0: they would crank it up that high.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. And the, the engines can only throttle down to forty percent anyway. Mm. So the difference between like minimum throttle and full throttle isn't actually, you know, it's still developing two million pounds of thrust even at you know its minimum throttle setting. So that's quite a lot.
0: <laughs> so you did a video that I thought was really great about why it got delayed so much. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't realize it had been delayed that long. It was originally supposed to launch in what, 2013 or something like that?
1: Yeah, that was the initial yeah. state date was 2013.
0: Well, could you take a second and kind of give a brief overview on uh, on why it got delayed? Well, I mean,
1: the Falcon Heavy's been delayed because it's essentially three Falcon 9s put together. And the, the biggest reason it got delayed is because the Falcon 9 wasn't even done evolving yet so it was really quite pointless for them to try putting three of them together before the vehicle was mature and obviously as we know the falcon 9 is capable of landing and reuse uh two pretty awesome features and had they put the falcon heavy together with version 1.0 of the falcon 9 yeah it, it wouldn't even be you know it wouldn't be anywhere close to reusable and that's kind of the whole point of falcon heavy
0: yeah uh, i was reading about how um well, they, they have to stiffen the middle core or um, not stiffen. What's the right word for it? <laughs> um, make it stronger. <laughs> strongify it. I got to strongify it. I'm a writer. Yeah. I know words. I have the best words. Um, but anyway, yeah, they, I guess they didn't realize that at first and they were going to try to like exchange fuel between them and that didn't work either and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, and it's not necessarily that they didn't know the center core would have to be beefier. It's just more that why do all the engineering when it was going to change for the next iteration right away anyway? You know, it's like as every change you'd have to make with the Falcon 9, including making it more powerful, then that would reflect on Falcon Heavy and it would require a full redesign of the Falcon Heavy again every time you make these little changes. Right. So, you know, it's just really not uh, a smart move to, <laughs> to do all that work and then have it just do it over again and over again and over again
0: yeah so i mean it's it funny until the... sorry i cut you off there yeah,
1: Just yeah it's just they waited until the falcon 9 was a lot more mature
0: yeah yeah well <laughs> what i was about to say was um i mean it kind of feels like a natural evolution right now because it was only what a year and a half maybe even not even a year and a half one year ago maybe that they first landed on the barge
1: uh uh It's almost coming. It's a a year and nine months right now. It's in uh, April 2016.
0: Oh, 16. See, I'm I'm not used to being 2018. Uh, But yeah, I mean, but it's that's still, I mean, 18 months. That's nothing, you know? Yeah. That's like, uh, seriously. How many in a row have they landed now? Is it like 15, 16? They're
1: on 16 in a row. Uh, Yeah, yeah, 16 landings in a row out of like 16 attempts. So they've had some of the, just know are expendable and they just expend them. So those okay. don't count in their landing total. Yeah. And their total altogether is twenty. So if yeah. they've, they've got it figured out.
0: <laughs> well, so I mean, yeah, I mean it's like it it took a while for them to kind of get that perfected, which you have to have that perfected, or the whole point is moot, you know. Yep. The reusability part. And then yep. so that I mean you could you could say, I mean, perfected is a strong word, but you know, they, you can say with a comfortable amount of assurance that they can land these pretty, pretty well at this point. And so mm-hmm. now they're going to do this one where they're going to land three at the same time. Yeah. Which that's what got, that's, what's the most exciting thing about me to be able to watch like two of them land at the same time. Yeah. And then a third one on a barge further down. Like that's, yeah, that's amazing. If I,
1: if I make it through the launch with, with unsoiled, Pants, then I think that'll be a victory on my part, to be honest. Yeah.
0: Well, and I love how Elon was uh, kind of managing expectations by saying if it clears the tower, it's a win. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If there's not damage to the pad, I mean, that's the (laughs) scariest part right now. That's an expensive launch pad to be blown up. So we know how long it took. They they had a pad anomaly uh, September of 2016, and it took more than a year to get that back online. And however, you know millions and millions of dollars to get it back online so yeah hopefully you know we don't want that type of thing again
0: is that the one that they launched the, the saturn V from
1: so yeah so Falcon going from 39a yep which yeah. is where the where the saturn 5 and, and a good majority of the space shuttles launch yeah. from as well
0: um yeah. that is going to be super exciting and, it's, and, and of course it's one of these things this is why Elon is a genius, you know, with him launching the Roadster up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it blows up, it's going to be uh, exciting. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's like you almost expect it. But, but the, the thing about them in the past was, you know, they, they, they blew up over and over and again. They, they, you know, failed the landings over and over again. But eventually they stuck it. And, and they, yeah. you know, it's like, that's just part of the process for them. And they embrace that, you know? Yeah. Um, yep. So it's almost like a celebration, even if it does blow up. <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> and, mean, and you know, somewhere I, out there is a Tesla Roadster just tumbling through the air toward the sea, you know? Um, so it's kind of yeah. fun in a way. But no, it, I mean, like, I think you had said this and he had, I mean, it's going to be exciting no matter what happens.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's undeniable.
0: No, okay, so let's go back to that. So uh, he's launching his Tesla Roadster, his original Tesla Roadster, into space. Yeah. I will say this he wants to play, he said he's going to have Space odd, Oddity playing on the radio, but if it's yeah. in space, there's not going to be any sound because there's no.
1: Correct. Or if there's a microphone attached to the vessel still, you'd actually be able to hear it through. Eh, you fair know, enough.
0: Yeah.
1: through the actual.
0: I know I'm being like a nerdy nitpicker here, but
1: uh, yeah, yeah. It be radiating out into space, but yeah. Um,
0: so it, it is that some... just a PR stunt or is that a good idea?
1: Uh, the the sound part or the Tesla part. The Tesla part. The Tesla part is totally uh, a win-win because, in my opinion, because normally a risky demo mission like this, they can't risk putting anything valuable. They right. companies just throw. Um, you know a payload uh, mass simulator it's called and normally it's just like a hunk of steel or sand or spacex with their falcon 9 they launched a giant wheel of cheese um so it's so it's normally something insignificant and to have anything of any significance you know including something personal and something kind of that we can all relate to like a tesla roadster i think that's a total win-win you know and people go why don't they send you know why aren't they putting this like a scientific probe and sending to mars well those probes are billion dollar probes and you don't want a risk of, you know, 50, 50 shot on that. You know, you want right. your most reliable, best odds of, of having it happen. So they aren't, you know, no one's hitching a free ride when it's a billion dollar probe. So, um, yeah, a, a Tesla as a, as a payload simulator is the phenomenal option.
0: So is it actually going to Mars or is it just kind of entering Mars orbit or, 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 or geos or like, where's it going? Yeah, and that's
1: still, okay, people are, you know, again, very pedantic about this, and I don't know if we actually really, really, really know. The correct answer is it's in a heliocentric, uh, basically will be orbiting the sun, the lowest point will be in Earth's orbit, and the highest point will be intercepting where Mars orbits. Whether or not it's, like, literally even going to intercept and, you know, be within the sphere of influence of Mars is to be determined. I don't know that answer. Definitely not landing on Mars, because, no. Definitely not, probably not orbiting Mars because again, no, I don't think they even could do another injection with this upper stage, things like that. Yeah. And I don't know if they have batteries and, t- you know, any of that stuff. I think it's just basically heading out that way and then shutting down eventually, you know, and coasting, and It'll forever be in that orbit. But I'm hoping, even if it does get close to Mars, I don't think they'll have batteries or solar panels or anything like that to be able to, you know, transmit back home anyway. So I think it's really more the sentiment. And yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which- so they're basically just getting it, out to that distance. To
1: yeah, distance I hope so. What if they found like some company that that does like cool little cube with cameras that they feel comfortable just like you know having up in there and they just deploy and just get all these awesome pictures of the Falcon or the oh, you know yeah, with <laughs> heavy and the Tesla sitting there in that on the payload adapter and oh and then Earth in the background as it's floating away. That uh-huh. would be the coolest. I hope so because at this point, why not
0: with space like this Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when, when I first heard that, the, the image I saw in my head was like, oh man, they're going to have a camera on there with the roadster in the foreground and Mars in the background. That's going to be so awesome. And then I was like, oh, they're not actually yeah. like, going to Mars. Well, know, it's still
1: kind of cool. Yeah, yeah it's, it's in some <laughs> ways a smidge disappointing, but it's still yeah. pretty exciting. <laughs>
0: but you know, they're going to have cameras so that, well, they'll probably have it with Earth in the background, I'm sure. They'll have like a camera on, though. Cause that's the ultimate PR move. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like
1: the first car in space <laughs> like, besides the lunar yeah. Rover, I guess if that counts. Yeah. Oh, that's, but you know, it would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, of course it would be. And it'll be the fastest car in the world. <laughs>
0: <You> know, <laughs> oh man, it's not better.
1: Yeah. They're going to break a whole bunch of records with that baby.
0: Yeah. So do you know when they're <laughs> planning on, on doing the launch right now?
1: So realistically, I can't set a date because once they do static fire, that'll pretty much determine the launch schedule. Um, and because a lot of things hinge on these, on these static fires, this is a vehicle that's been untested up until this point. Um, so they're going to have to comb over quite a bit of data, make sure everything's super honky dory, make sure it's all good to go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they don't want to risk this thing at this point. So um, so it, once they static fire, you know, hopefully we'll get a word back from them pretty quickly about an actual date. But at this point, there's still... Still using January 15th as a placeholder, which is realistic, I think, if static fire goes well, and if static fire happens like this upcoming weekend, um, the 6th or 7th, or whenever that is, then um, yeah. that's realistic-ish. The f-
0: what did you say, the
1: 15th? Uh, the 15th is their placeholder date, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's
0: what I thought. Yeah, I'm, I'm running into... <sighs> So I've got the, the, the Falcon Heavy video coming out on Monday. So I guess if anybody's listening to this later, this will be after the fact. But um, when you just said they may move it to Sunday, I'm like, oh man, because I wanted to be able to reference that in the video, but I'm going to be editing it at that point. So it's, it's like right. a timeline thing. Yeah, of I didn't have to put my videos out on Monday though because that's when everybody's expecting them. But, um, I hear you. I want to use you for a second to respond to a comment that I got today. Let's hear it. To a couple of comments. Yeah, one of them's gonna be real fun. I uh, can't wait. Uh, so the video that I put out today was on um, like top stories from to expect in 2018 in science, and of course mm-hmm. the Falcon Heavy was the first one. And um, <laughs> so I, you know, I mentioned that it's it's going to be the the most powerful rocket in the world. Mm-hmm. That, that's true, right? Uh, currently flying, yes. Currently flying, okay.
1: By about a factor of two, but historically it'll be fourth. Oh, okay. Below. There's the Saturn V. There's the N1 rocket from the Soviet Union, and then the Soviet Union also had the Energia rocket, which flew twice. Okay. Um, yeah, it was kind of like that was what helped. The launched their space shuttle once, their Buran space shuttle, mm-hmm. um, and then it launched one other time, and that's it. So, yeah, kind of some forgotten history, like the Soviet. Union, you know, N one rocket two was it flew four times, not successfully ever, but you know they lit it up and it was the most powerful rocket when it flew, you know. Okay. Or oh, Saturn Five. I actually forget which one's more powerful now, but yeah, they're neck and neck, you know. Yeah. Both moon rockets.
0: They were they were having a, a peanut sized contest back then, so. Absolutely. Uh. So okay. Yeah. So anyway, where I, where I was going with that was I mentioned that it was going to be the most powerful rocket in the world, and. Mm-hmm. I had a comment that said that the, uh, the SLS is going to be more powerful. Of course, That's my argument correct. is it doesn't exist quite yet, but, um, but that sounds correct though. It's going to be more powerful when it gets going.
1: Mm-hmm. And so it's, you know, there'll be a window and SLS probably won't even fly until 2021 most likely yeah. 2020 at the earliest, but I'm guessing it'll just kind of get pushed back, pushed back. So Falcon Heavy might have a good three years of being the reigning champ for, for a while. And, then soon after that, we might already start seeing BFR flying too, which will be even more powerful than SLS. So it'll be an exciting couple years. And so SpaceX will have the title for a little bit. They might get it taken away again, but then hopefully they'll probably get it right back.
0: Yeah. Well, so that, I was going to segue to that eventually. My my whole thing about the, the Falcon Heavy is clearly it's a cool, um, you know, cool rocket. I'm super excited about it and everything. Um, but it seemed like when they, when they start talking about the BFR, it's like, are they just kind of, leapfrogging the falcon heavy like will the falcon heavy have any purpose at all after that like is it just a very temporary vehicle until they get that one up and going and what does that transition look like like is there i I don't know it almost almost made me feel bad for the falcon heavy for a little bit
1: in a sense yeah i think that you're right i mean there's that is the debate, too, is like, is there really going to be a need for Falcon Heavy with BFR? Because if BFR, the, even the actual launch cost of launching this massive rocket might actually be cheaper than launching a Falcon 9, even. So then you argue, well, if it's a cheaper launch cost and you're reusing the whole thing, why would you ever even need a Falcon 9 or a Falcon Heavy? But it'll probably take a while before we get to that point with BFR. So yeah. they'll for sure be several years. And I mean, at this point, I think they have, uh, I don't. I can't put a number on it, but a lot of contracts that need Falcon Heavy to to launch heavy, heavy satellites that are going to geostationary transfer orbit that, or, or even geostationary, they could do it. Yeah. Uh, uh, So it's, yeah, it would be very interesting though um, how many flights they actually get out of Falcon Heavy. Um, And the funny thing is they ended up upgrading the Falcon 9 so much that they were able to fulfill a few of the contracts already that were supposed to originally fly on Falcon Heavy. So Mm -hmm. no, it's manifest is probably fairly limited, but even if they only fly it, you know, 10 times, that might pay off the the research and development of the vehicle. You know, it might be a wash, though. Who knows in the long run?
0: I mean, it's it's interesting. That was the first thing I was thinking when they were talking about how the BFR would be totally reusable and it would be able to do all the things that, you know, Falcon Heavy could do even better. And I'm just kind of like, well, that's it. I mean, (laughs) I don't want to call it a waste because it's never a waste. I mean, there's always, you know, forward progress no matter what. But uh, I don't know. It's kind of, it's interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, it really is. And it's it's just a curious bit of, of history and we'll have to see what it looks like, you know, in 10 years we'll be able to really reflect back on it. But space is so hard to, space flight is just so hard to predict timelines, you know. Sometimes it's more ambitious than you think, uh, or they happen quicker, like the whole landing thing. I mean, no one thought when they first launched the Falcon 9 that within, you know, cause they launched their first Falcon 9 in 2011, no one thought by 2015 they would be landing them already, you know? Yeah. It was just insane. That is un- unprecedented, unbelievable. Um, so who knows? You know, you can't really say, I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll see what happens in the next 10 years in funding. A lot of things can change by then. You know, we might have a giant asteroid heading our way and everyone goes, <laughs> we need big rockets
0: now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: With well, a no, big nuclear weapon on top. And yeah. Yeah. You never know if, if something like that were to happen. I'll bet you our funding wouldn't
0: dry up then. <laughs> well, okay, so now just remember the, uh, the second comment that I want to let you respond to. This is the fun one. And I want to ask, um, being that you talk about SpaceX quite a bit, do you get the haters in your comments?
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's so much even, I don't have a ton of SpaceX haters. There's always going to be a few, but I get a lot of flat earthers in my comments. Mm-hmm.
0: Same here. Oh, a lot, a lot, a lot. It's And they've crazy. taken a specific issue with Elon Musk. They think he's like part of the conspiracy and he's fleecing, you know, the government. And people are always yep. like, well, if it wasn't for government contracts, they'd fold immediately. I'm like, well, that's true of every rocket company. Like that's. Yeah.
1: yeah. And, and yeah, actually, that's, actually. That's
0: who's yeah. launching rockets. <laughs> <You know? laughs>
1: And if it wasn't for, you know, right now, honestly, SpaceX has a good enough business case, even without, you know, at this point, they could probably move forward and survive if all government, they just started launching, you know, military payloads, SpaceX did only last year in 2017, was their first government contract outside of NASA, you know, NASA invested, I think, a little over a billion dollars in total, maybe, oh I don't remember, it's either like 600 million or 1.2 billion or 1.3 billion in SpaceX so far. Um, mm-hmm. and at this point though, their most of their launches are for customer, you know, commercial customers like SES, Iridium,
0: yeah.
1: you know, yeah. Korea sat, all these random companies. So right now they would have a business on their own without one more drop of government funding. You know,
0: I think that's probably true. So, so you get people that say stuff like that. And then the, the one that I got today, I'll get to it eventually. It, it just simply said SpaceX equals fake X.
1: And oh yeah, that's.
0: They think Very they're cool. faking the landings and faking, you know, going into space and everything, of course, because the, the earth is flat. But right. uh, this person didn't say anything about the flat earth. But anyway, somebody else responded and was like, uh, how, why are you saying that? And they responded with this like, oh, you know, they're just, it's just CGI. They're just faking the landings and stuff like that. And the other person was like, what are you talking about? You can see it on video. And, and the, the guy, was, this was the whole exchange. The guy said, um, yeah, but I mean, have you ever seen it in person? And then I responded and said, well, I've never seen you in person, so clearly you don't exist. <laughs> um, so and I was just wondering, person, okay, I don't think you respond to that. I have
1: watched a Falcon 9 land with my own eyes from about two and a half miles away. The general public, I was a credential media, the press, so they might go, oh, you're part of the conspiracy too. <laughs> just go drive yourself down to Jetty Parkway in Cocoa, you know, outside of Cocoa Beach. And you can watch you're only seven miles away from the landing site. And you can watch it easily cause this thing's a 15, this is as tall as a 15 story building. So seven miles at that height. It's, you know, it's, it's big. You're not going to miss it. You watch it come down. The sonic booms hit you and almost knock you over. I mean, you can, anyone can do it. That's the, it's like saying airplanes don't exist. Really go get on an airplane, man. What are you doing? And then when people say they don't land, it's fake. Go drive, get your butt down to Florida and watch it. Like. Don't don't tell me something that I've seen with my own eyes. You can't I don't think anyone's out there projecting CGI with like laser beams into thousands of people's eyes on the beach at one time and then igniting right. a cannon right. miles away to simulate sonic booms. I just don't think that's a realistic
0: Right. <laughs> it's like the, the technology to fake it is more intense than to actually just do it.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, do the do the math, people. Look at how much propellants on this thing, where it's going, what it's doing. And their attempts to have recovered them before. You can see their lineage. You see their evolution. You can go, oh, a logical conclusion is weird. They know how to land rockets. Mm. <laughs> then let your mind be blown and be excited about it. Don't hide in a basement with a tinfoil hat on saying it's all fake. Like that's, who cares? Good luck with that, you know? Good luck. Like the future is so much more exciting than that, you know?
0: Yeah. I just don't yeah. Just don't get it. I don't get it either. I, I I've I've gotten to where I just drop the ban hammer whenever somebody like I, I literally have um on on YouTube a little um what do you call it? A filter. If somebody uses flat earth or something like like that in there, it automatically it doesn't automatically ban them but it kind of shuffles them into a uh, yeah. another pile and then I can go in and ban them. But yeah, I mean it's like there's why engage, just get get off my lawn, you know. <laughs>
1: yeah it's it's crazy it's it's scary to me because I, I feel like a lot of kids learn on youtube these days a lot mm-hmm. you know a lot of kids will probably use youtube as a source of education and almost a more trusted source than their own teachers and things like that uh is the potential in the future and if if they can stumble upon dangerous misinformation who knows what that's going to do to our mm-hmm. an entire society And if you have people that literally just, they, they might be funny for them. They might just be trolls. And I really think there's probably a good percentage of them that are 100% just trolling almost professionally at this point, Mm -hmm. like nonstop, but it's dangerous that they, they make arguments that if you don't, you don't have the tools to, to use critical thinking and come to the proper conclusion, you're going to go down a a rabbit hole. That's dangerous and, and not, you know it's it's not healthy, it's yeah, not healthy and for you can find a
0: information to back up any any preconceived notion you may have on the internet anywhere, yeah. no yep. matter what it is. If you think that goats are made out of cheese, well, you can find that somewhere on the internet, and they'll oh, see um yeah I don't want to go down too much speaking of rabbit holes down this rabbit hole, but like um the reason why i I just straight up started banning people was I Saw a little comment thread in one of my videos one time where somebody said some flat earth crap and then somebody else engaged with them and then the other they went back and forth and eventually the guy that was engaging the flat earther was like, Oh, I never thought of that. I'm gonna have to look into this. And I was like, Oh my god, oh my God. Uh-huh. You know, and, and so I was like, No, I'm not gonna let you use my channel as a platform to spread this. I'm just not right. gonna let that happen. Um, uh-huh. And I kind of, I feel like I talk about it too much. It's just, it's so mind boggling to me. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like the things you have to convince yourself of for yeah. all that to be true.
1: Yeah. The, it's, and that's what I, I, don't think people actually, actually take a full step back and look at the actual top of that, that pyramid of what all would have to exist in our world for that reality to be true. Right. How many people, like oh, every pilot. So your dad's friend that flies for Delta he's lying because, and he's part of it, you know, he's on the payroll because he has to correct for the gyroscopic effect of the fact that he's constantly turning left instead of going straight east or, you know, whatever, all this bull crap, you know, and it's just, it's insane. And you think about the, like, oh, now you're saying that, you know, North Korea also is on it, you know, they're launching rockets and they're just, you know our the people that we have zero diplomacy with and they can't even talk to are also in on it as well and are yeah. going to blow us up use yeah it's just like guys come on yeah Ugh, crazy it's a crazy time man
0: yeah and like i said i hate to go down that path it's just i get so clearly i get worked up over it maybe that's why i have to just ban them because if i don't it's just it ruins my day
1: me too <laughs> i will literally like stay up like losing sleep talking to someone about it you know and i'll be like this is not healthy i don't need this you know i don't need to do
0: well in in the trolling thing that you mentioned a second ago i think i don't know what the percentages are but I'm, i'm sure there are some people that are just trolling they don't really believe it but they just think it's funny to mess with people you know and uh this gets off of the space topic just a little bit but i i the trolling thing is really starting to wear on me because I don't, first of all, I don't get it. I don't get what's fun about it or funny about fooling people into thinking things like that, but it's also dangerous. I mean, there was that whole pizza gate thing and, and this doesn't need to get political or anything, but like people saying that the Clintons had this child sex ring and a pizza restaurant, they didn't really believe it. It was just a joke to them, but guess what? Some guy shows up with a gun right? and, and threatens right. to shoot the place up you know like these right. things have ramifications yes yeah and the
1: more and more the problem is when you have a voice even if it's insanely unreasonable even if there's only if there's three guys in the world saying it everyone's gonna just laugh at them but all of a sudden if you have a, a, a certain percentage you might actually start to question it yourself and be like wait a minute
0: yeah
1: socks really made out of dead elves you know or whatever like the rumor is like You know, and then they're just going to be like, oh, crap. There's enough people talking about this that it has to be true, you know. And so it gives the spectrum, you know, just like climate change. You know, there's a very, 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 very small uh, people in the scientific community that are not in consensus that climate change is due to human, you know, human caused climate change. And it makes it sound like it's a 50-50, a spectrum of like, well, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. The scientific community doesn't know. No, the scientific community knows, but there's enough people that spread it like that. It's like, a, well, I'm still not sure, you know, in the general public. I, I'm i just not sure yet, you know. It's like,
0: yeah.
1: it's yeah. not your choice to make. You're not the one out there in Antarctica drilling core samples and using <laughs> billion-dollar telescopes that are measuring every square inch, you know, or satellites that are measuring every inch of our Earth precisely. You know, you're not the one collecting all this data and combing it over and, you don't get an opinion on this, I'm sorry to say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's one way to put it. Um,
1: <laughs> sorry, I got all riled up
0: now. No, no, it's easy to get riled up. Um, no, I read somewhere that there's actually more scientific consensus about climate change than there is about whether smoking causes cancer.
1: <laughs> I genuinely would believe that, yeah. I talked to, I was at, uh, I think, is it Goddard Flight Center? NASA's Goddard Center in Maryland. Talking with Michelle Thaller, who's, uh, she's like a communications director for NASA. And she told me, she goes, this is scary because to me, I think she said in the 80s is when they discovered the whole, quote unquote, hole in the ozone layer from aerosols, right? We're all familiar with that now. And they all got together. They discovered this due to satellite observations. They said, oh my gosh, we think it's, you know, this you know, whatever, blah, 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 in aerosols is, is causing this. And we're going to have, we will literally be dead in 50 years if we don't correct this right now. And the entire planet took action. And within a decade, it was solved. It was fixed. And we literally like repaired it. And she goes, the scary thing is we've been telling people for 30 years about human, you know, man-made climate change. And she goes, they aren't listening this time though, because it's so, there's so much whatever out there that's not making people budge. And she's like, it terrifies me as a scientist to sit here and have the data, the same type of tables we saw with the ozone layer and be like, look guys, it's a ticking time bomb and no one's even like, eh, we'll let the grandkids worry about it. You know, like it's
0: terrifying. So I don't know how much of that. um, I'm not going to try to play devil's advocate or anything. I don't know how much of that is the misinformation campaign, which is, is there. Definitely. Um, it's the exact same tactics they use with lead in gasoline and um, with the tobacco. And I mean, it's, it's a long, it, it, it's, it's a strategy that's been used since forever. But uh, so that is there, but I do think the one difference between the ozone and the aerosol thing. And this is that fixing the ozone meant basically using a different kind of hairspray or, or something like it. It wasn't, it wasn't something that we all had to like change our lifestyle to do anything about. Whereas this kind of is, and it's something that could possibly affect the economy, but I, I don't even agree with that statement, you know, but I think I can see how people can see it that way.
1: And to me, I'm like, I see it as an opportunity that I can't believe if these people, you know, oil billionaires 30 years ago, 25 years ago, are sitting there starting to hear turns of like, you know, maybe we should, you know, oh, this is coming. Instead of lobbying against it, isn't that your first sign that like, hey, we could be on the up-and-coming trend of, like, I'm not going to put 10 more oil wells here. Instead, I'm going to try to work on, the you know, the next thing and be the new oil chic of yeah. green energy. Like, yeah. it's your fault. That's the free marketplace. If you're not smart enough to be nimble and pivot with a very obvious thing, then you get to lose all your money. I'm sorry. That's how this game works, you know? Like, you don't get a lot. And, and try saying, like, oh, we're all going to die if. All the, we're all going to be out of jobs because I didn't make any more jobs with all my money. You know, it's like, you should have pivoted. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get why they have so much money that and so much lobbying influence. They get to decide that, Oh, we need to bail out because the oil industry is that big that if it fails, we all, our economy's gone. Sorry. Yeah. Another rant. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, it's, you know, Everybody believes in the free market until it affects them, and then suddenly it's like, no, let's pass some law that says that solar can't be used for this, that, and the other you know yeah um well uh, yep. we can we can get off the rants real quick, but I wanted to to just kind of bring this up um I've noticed in my comments amongst my viewers that there's definitely a team NASA and a team SpaceX, yeah, and I wanted to ask what team you're on i
1: to me that's like saying, are you?" into the nba or are you into the chicago bulls okay one's a agency and the other is a private company like nasa hires spacex for things you know yes nasa designs rockets currently with the sls and i don't it's my opinion they shouldn't be doing that it's not very they should be pushing the envelope and doing you know next generation propulsion things that aren't necessarily and leading you know doing scientific discoveries and doing probes to jupiter things that aren't profitable right that's That's not a profiting thing. That's an exploration thing. They should be doing the science behind all of that. Mm -hmm. And they should be hiring private companies to build the rockets. Nowadays we can, you know, there's enough rocket companies out there. NASA doesn't need to be trying to do it that way. The old, the old school, you know, cost plus contracting, we can be lean and efficient about it. So, Mm -hmm. but NASA is a totally different entity to me than SpaceX. They don't necessarily compete with each other. You know, they're a lot more intertwined and collaborative and, uh, than a lot of people think so to me even saying nasa or spacex um, almost isn't even fair but that being said <laughs> uh, I, love, no, that's a good I love that's I love, a really good answer uh, and that being said i nasa still has a bright future and i think it's going to shift a little bit as the private sector takes on more and more of the the building side of it and the yeah. that kind of stuff but nasa still we'll be the ones training astronauts and they'll still be the ones exploring and turning over. <laughs> Hi dog.
0: Yeah. And, uh, my wife just got home.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that, I, I think it's, it's definitely not an, an us versus them thing. And I, I kind of want to start trying to hush that.
0: Good answer. And, and, and something like, I've noticed a lot of negativity toward NASA in some comments and stuff, because I guess, because of the fact that there's not really a manned, you know, thing going on right now, but it, whenever I start to hear that, I'm like, uh, Cassini? Right. I mean, come on, they're doing some amazing stuff. They, they're they still doing yeah. amazing stuff out there. The New yeah. Horizons spacecraft. Yeah, and, you know. and, and, and
1: Curiosity, I mean, yeah. you can just go on and on, and and they're still doing, I mean, technically NASA still has astronauts, they're just currently paying for seats from Russia. That doesn't mean that they're still not training these astronauts, the astronauts still aren't doing valuable research and science up on the international space station you know there it's it's just a yeah right now it's unfortunate that we don't have our own vehicle that's the only thing nasa doesn't have right now is a vehicle everything else about nasa is still the same you know so it's i don't quite get it i don't quite get it but yeah let change. me,
0: uh, let's try to wrap this up real quick. Cause I actually do kind of have a hard stop coming up, but, um, why don't you, for anybody who's listening, that is not familiar with the channel, just kind of like tell me a little bit about your channel and where it's going and how it kind of got started and what, what your yeah. focus is and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, my channel is just called everyday astronaut. Um, that's, you can find that I have done, you know, photography series on Instagram. I do, you know, all these other, things so but YouTube's definitely been the big effort for 2017 um but everyday astronaut and my whole mantra is bringing space down to earth for everyday people so my goal is to always be able to start with and provide context for even the hardest subjects you know because it's so hard to get someone how do you get someone excited about delta v or how do you get someone excited about thrust output all these you know crazy things you have to always provide you know contact, t- context so that's it's always kind of starting at page one. So I want it to be able to, that my parents can watch it and learn. My nephews can watch it and learn. It's always very PG. Um, yeah, that's kind of, and, and it's gonna just keep going that way. I love answering specific nerdy questions and trying to provide as much, you know, groundwork, legwork as, as humanly possible.
0: Cool, no, that's a great, like, slogan that you've got. I don't know why I used air quotes, it is a slogan. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, it's, I'm a, I'm a advertising copywriter, um, by trade or by history, I guess. But, um, so I mean, that, that's a great quick, succinct tells the whole story, gets it across. Uh, well, thank you. I'm, I'm just, I'm just criticizing your, uh, or critiquing your slogan now. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think your, your channel has been blowing up. I mean, I'm just totally jealous of the growth that you've had and you're probably going to fly past me pretty quickly. And, uh, um, I, I would, I'm, I'm really oh, excited. I, for to. I, wow. love, I love your videos, man. You're doing a great job.
1: Thank you. You're, you're growing like crazy, too. I, I started watching you, let's see, it was probably like August or so uh-huh. of last year, probably mid-2017. You've grown a ton
0: since then, too. It's, right? been, it's been good. It's been good. <laughs> but I mean, like, when, you, when, you, when we were chatting and you said that you started the year with 200, I was like, are you freaking kidding me? My God. It took me forever to get to 10,000.
1: Yeah. The first, at first I was like, what am I even doing with this though? Because it, you know, you'd put a video online and eight people would watch it. And oh like, yeah.
0: Whoa. It's so <laughs> hard in the beginning to stay motivated. Um, well, um, let me go ahead and wrap this up and, and we can talk further later on, but um, Tim, I appreciate you, your time and, and look forward to talking in the future. Thank you.
1: Well, thanks for having me. Cool.
0: Hey, thanks for listening to the Answers with Joe podcast. If you found this through the YouTube channel and you are not subscribed on iTunes or Google Play, I encourage you to do so. I'm going to be coming back with interviews and repeats of old videos just like this all the time. And if you found this on the podcast player, then uh know I have a YouTube channel on uh well, on YouTube. Just do a little search for Answers with Joe and you'll find all kinds of fun science and comedy stuff to keep you entertained and thinking about cool stuff for the rest of the week and you can find this in all my podcasts and all my videos at answerswithjoe.com and if you enjoyed it a nice review in the itunes or google play store goes a long way and of course word of mouth means everything so anything you can do to help get the word out i really appreciate it thanks again for listening i will catch you next time have a good one